molestando con una vipa, me pregunta si te quiero, yo te digo que no estoy lista y no quiero comenzar, no hay nada que empezar, yo te dejaré... What is up everybody, it is your boy Luis Martinez, aka at Big Chief Burrito, and this episode of Mi Gente Show is titled, What are your limites? Two things are happening on this episode. Number one is we have an interview with Bulgarian filmmaker George Nicolas. He actually filmed a movie here in Southern California in Tijuana called Limite. You can go to limitemovie.com or you can go watch it at the San Diego International Film Festival this October 21st. It's a Saturday at La Jolla AMC UTC. I believe it's at 1230 noon. You can go on limitemovie.com to find screening info or you can go on the San Diego International Film Festival website and get tickets as well. It's a really interesting story about a true life event that happened. It's inspired by a true life event that happened at the border where a 16-year-old kid was bringing in some liquid synthetic meth, but he told the Border Patrol agents that it was apple juice, um, and they sort of coerced them into drinking some of it in front of them. Uh, it's a tragic story. I'm not spoiling the movie by telling you about it because it was a big story in the news for a long time here. It was filmed right here in Tijuana. It was beautifully shot, a tremendous performance, and I can't wait. Uh, Sofia and I can't wait to meet the cast and crew and meet George in real life at the screening. After we spoke to George, we did a sort of deep dive into the Mila Kunis, Danny Masterson, um, Ashton Kutcher issues. They wrote some letters to the judge after Danny Masterson was convicted of rape, and we sort of talk about whether those types of letters should be allowed, what impact do they have at all, and a little deep dive into the Ashton Kutcher serial killer theory. Um, they were copping pleas, and we talked a little bit about the year of the celebrity apology from um, Miranda Sings with the ukulele to a bunch of other celebrity, and we rank the celebrity apologies that we think are the top dogs right now. Anyway, it's a really cool episode. We hope to see you at San Diego International Film Festival, although I've had my issues with that festival in the past. I do want to obviously promote our guests and their films. I also feel that there's another San Diego local movie called To Fall in Love that will be screening there that's by a local filmmaker that's a friend of ours so check that out as well thank you everybody for helping us with this podcast for listening for reviewing for sharing we are close to 10,000 downloads in our first year which is really cool for us we appreciate that we appreciate the support make sure you're following the socials at me show um at big chief burrito at sophia car underscore And uh, get notified when we go live. We're recording mostly every Tuesdays, dropping episodes every Thursday online. So thank you for your support. As always, enjoy the pod. What is up, everybody? It is your boy, Luis Martinez, a.k.a. Big Chief Burrito, live with you on a Tuesday. Me yeah. had this show live and direct from San Diego, California, the Burrito Lounge, um, live with my co-host with the most, Miss uh, Sofia Carrillo. How are you doing today, Sofia? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Lou? How are you holding up on a Tuesday? Holding up, holding up. You know, we got to, what do you say? More energy. More, more passion. More energy. More passion. More passion. <laughs> I'm going to play that consistently throughout. Just 
more passion, more passion, more energy, more energy, more footwork. We need that. We need that. More we're energy. Gonna, we're, gonna, right, we're gonna, yeah. we're gonna, we're gonna get through it. It's gonna be all right. All right, we're live and alive tonight. Um, Mi gente show episode fifty something and a half. Uh, mm-hmm. Talking to, uh, we're gonna be, ha- we have an interview. We're gonna do quick personal news real quick. Just check in with everything. Then we're gonna have an interview with a filmmaker that is um, showcasing a hil- film right here in our neighborhood. A film that was filmed right here locally or semi locally. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to chat about that. And then we'll get into some drama. We're gonna be covering the. Uh, Ashton Kusher, Mila Kunis, Apology Debacle uh, mm-hmm. with the Danny Masters and stuff. We're going to be talking about uh, one of the Jonas Brothers divorce. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> and <laughs> we'll talk about been, some Cheeseman news and then uh, we'll we'll get out of here. Uh, thanks for everybody that's joining us. If you see us scrolling by, leave a like. Let us know that you're in. Lurkers always welcome, etc. So let's jump into any personal news. Sophia, anything happening with you this week? Ah, let's see. It was my mom's 58th birthday on Sunday. So that was lovely. Family, family time. It was awesome. Uh, Practicing for kickball weekly. We're getting better. We're going to kick ass this season. This is our season. Uh, And then, yeah, other than that, just uh, back to full time job, man. It's hectic, but it's also really fun. So I've been enjoying it. It's all right. It's all right. Back to the real world. Yeah, I am swamped, like all the way swamped. I know. Uh, um, I'm still working my day job. I'm st- I'm hosting karaoke uh, four nights a week right now because I'm saving money. Four? Uh, yeah, four nights a week. Bro. Yeah. Um, and I'm still trying to go to the gym. And as you know, I'm opening up a tattoo shop with uh, my brother and, and another artist. Um, so I am I I'm I'm hanging on by a thread. Yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah. But, you know, the, the pod must go on. We got to keep it going uh, because at the end of the, you know, once we get through this, we'll be we'll be much better. And I don't have somebody to do my makeup like you before the show. So that's why I look a little bit more run down than you. <laughs> I can do your makeup. Do you want me to you know, I need somebody, I need somebody to come do my makeup because I'm over here like and you're over here like, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. But our, our tattoo site is live. Um, SoCal-tattoo.com. Anybody that's in Southern California, um, San Diego, L.A. area, um, we're going to be open October 1st. So we're going to be proud sponsors because it's my fucking show. The same way we're Mm -hmm. proud sponsors of your restaurant. Casa del Taco. Yes. Casa del Taco. Um, And I've been getting assassinated by mosquitoes left and right this last couple of weeks. Like, I don't don't know what's going on here, but they're, they're getting to me. They're like... A lot of oh, they're on an attack mission. Yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so that's it. So, SoCal-Tattoo.com. Go there, um, and you get more info. You can also do SoCal uh, SoCal Tattoo Main Street on Instagram, or look for SoCal Tattoos on Facebook as well, and you can find it. You can see some of the work of the artists. We are mm-hmm. looking to hire some more artists. So, if you know any or- tattoo artists, or if you are a tattooed artist yourself, uh, we'll do that as well. Hey, Alexandra, joining us all the way from hey. Central America. ¿Cómo estás, Alexandra? Uh, don't forget to add uh, Shakira in the agenda. Oh. It was awesome. Oh, really? Maybe we, we we'll, have to, cover it. Yeah. we'll have to cover it. All right. So let's jump into our interview for tonight. Yes. Um, we're going to, obviously, we, we do a Latinx spotlight where you try to highlight Latino creatives, etc. So this will be our first non-official Latino uh, creative interview. Honorary. Honorary Latina. <laughs> oh, there's Bonzo coming in, showing love. Ay, mi amor. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> All right. Um, but you know what they say about Bulgaria, right, Sophia? 
Totally. Who doesn't? What do they they're, say? They're, they're the Latinos of Eastern Europe. So that's what oh, I said. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I just made that up myself, but it could be, it could be true. Right. I'm insane. My grandma used so, to say uh, that. So, yeah, that's what I've heard. So, uh, <laughs> but um, this uh, filmmaker reached out to me a while ago. They have a movie called Limite, um, which is premiering next year, uh, ne uh, next month, sorry, next month um, at the San Diego International Film Festival. Um, I have some the exclusive though. I, I have some thoughts about that festival in the past, but I'm going to be a nice person. Be nice to they're, they're a worthwhile festival. I'm not saying that. I just had a little issue with one of the, some of the ways they were tr uh, treating uh, filmmakers back in the day, but that's neither here nor there. We're going to play the trailer for the film and then we're going to bring on the director in a second. Yes. Uh, so let's take a look at that now. You can hear that. Can you see ¿Se puede ver todo San Diego desde acá? Está por allá. ¿Ha sido? Todavía no. Resulta que sí necesito tu ayuda. Te juro que no fue de mí. Te juro que no sabía nada. Quiero que me expliques por qué diablos quieres echar tu vida a la basura. ¡Abu! Chills. Chills, chills, chills. So joining us, uh, the director of the film, Mr. George Nicolas. Hey, welcome, welcome, George. Good to have you. Thank you so much. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we got you. Great, great. Well, thanks, guys, for having me on, and uh, thank you for the honorary Latino title. I'll take it. <laughs> well, That's yeah, you, you had a, you had a no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you this. I, I am a, a legal uh, Mexican resident. If that oh. counts for anything. That does. Wait, where Absolutely. are you joining us from? I'm in LA. Okay. Got it. Oh. Yeah. S Santa Monica. It's Do you just have really good lighting? It looks like it's like daytime over there. Oh, no, no. It's dark. Yeah. My, oh. my wife turned on all the lights, I guess. Oh, you know, beautiful. she's she's an actress. So she's, she, oh, she knows she how to, how to set up that. the home studio. Yeah. We she's love a, her. She's she a does. queen of the self tape, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, let me switch you guys. Let me switch me and Sophia around because I'm I'm getting shut up. All right. Anyway, <clears throat> all right. Let's jump into it, George. Um, what? How does a how does an immigrant from Bulgaria, uh, who comes to Idaho, uh, it, it grows up in the Midwestern, see a story about a kid from TJ, and decide that you need to make a movie about it? Yeah, it's it's kind of a I guess a roundabout way that I found myself to making this movie. Uh, you know, I, I first read about the the incident that inspired the film in 2017, and uh, I don't know if we want to give the spoiler here, but you know, I I, I connected with with this story because it's it's about a kid who's placed in a situation where you know there's a figure of authority who's sort of you know playing a, a game of chicken with him, you know, mm -hmm. just messing with him and of course it, it in this case it takes the kid's life um so i just reminded myself of, or it reminded me of all the times when i had been in you know similar situations and and me entering the united states as a you know i'm a u.s citizen but also a foreigner 
So every time when I enter the country, there's this little bit of, you know, hesitation or, you know, apprehension, like, uh, you know, are they going to yeah. treat me differently now? Or, you know, what's sort of the, it's, there's always a feeling of relief when they're like, okay, you know, you can enter. You can right. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah, I, I just, I just put myself in the shoes of the kid and, you know, all the dumb things I've done as a teenager. And I think, you know, we've, we've all done, you know, mm-hmm. um, so uh, that, that was really the, uh, the inspiration. Yeah. yeah. And, and um, were you familiar with the area with like Tijuana, Mexico before you decided to shoot there or was that sort of something that you had to learn on the way? Yeah, for sure. I was, I was familiar. So uh, when we first moved to LA, we didn't have um, uh, dental insurance. So of course we, we would go down to TJ we found a great dentist down there. Um, but then a few years later, actually two years later, my sister moved down to TJ. Uh, she works for the state department oh, very and cool. she, and she was uh, sent to uh, Tijuana on her first uh, mission, I guess they call it. Um, so she was there for two years or so, um, you know, doing visa interviews at the U.S. consulate. <clears throat> so we would we would drive down and she would take us around town and, you know, to all the restaurants and down to Ensenada, uh, the, um, the, the Tostada place, you know. The, yeah. The, yeah, right. <laughs> and Valle de Guadalupe and all of those places. And. But just to go back, so before when we first crossed down into TJ um, to go to the dentist, um, we were super stressed out because I had lived here once, you know, in the U.S. once, but then I moved back to Bulgaria, and then I sort of immigrated the second time uh, with my wife, you know, whom I had met in Bulgaria. So it was a lot of stress in the beginning for us, you know, to just to adapt to to a new country and all of that. Uh, so when we crossed the border into TJ, and I think we walked the first time, you know, but when we crossed, it was just like a, this feeling of relief. Like you felt, we felt at home, you know, like mm-hmm. the ca- the chaos, the streets are, you know, the, the drivers are a little crazier, you know, nothing's as, you know, as uh, streamlined as it is here in the States. So it just feels like, you know, home for us. Um, so that was sort of the feeling I had of TJ, um, and maybe that, that allowed me to connect with the story a little more. And it it definitely translates in like the whole cinematography of it. I was talking with Luis about the, just like the, the panoramic views of TJ and and the border and everything. And I really appreciate it as someone who was a TJ local, I grew up in TJ. So I just thought you did a beautiful job kind of like getting the essence and everything through. Um, and there was one moment, I don't want to spoil it, but there was one moment that really got me where you spoke of, um, the character speaks of how the, uh, the houses are so near the border on this, on Mexican side, but then in the States, it's not, um, Mm. was that kind of a thought that you had or where did that come from? And that was actually a remark that my mom made. Uh, yeah, we were crossing into TJ to visit my sister and she said, wow, the houses are so close to the border. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. And then there's like, there's nothing on the other side for like, you know, a mile or so. Uh, so yeah, that was actually her observation. And it really sort of put things, I guess it's like a nice visual metaphor for the, you know, the way it is down there. Yeah, the whole they don't want us. It's, you know, it's not a welcoming necessarily environment for sure, especially in the well, last few years. <laughs> yeah, and it's a little tricky for me as a Bulgarian to to put... Uh, thoughts and you know in the in the mouth of latinos and you know people living down in tj but that was just sort of my impression of it you know like uh 
there's so many people down there in TJ, like all the, the Haitian, um, you know, refugees and, you know, all these people who are just longing for a chance to enter the States, you know, the, and, uh, and the U.S. is doing everything possible to keep them out. Yeah. Yeah, it's not as simple as just having them say, like, you know, throwing a couple of ways and onames. Oh. Uh oh. <laughs> Did he disappear? Oh my goodness. Well, we can we can do this on our own. Well, <laughs> no, yeah, that's totally fine. What he meant to say was <laughs> no, but um a follow-up question that I had sort of to that, because um I am an actress. Um, I oh, loved the casting. So really? not to redirect wow. it too much, because I do want him to follow up on whatever he was going to say. But how was the whole casting process to this? And where did you find these actors? Wow, that's 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 a great question. And yeah, so we had a fantastic casting director, um, uh, a TJ local. Actually, his name is Isaac Brown. Um, he went to film school in TJ and he's working as a uh, casting director. I think he casts a lot of extras and. Uh, he's done some shorts. Uh, I don't know if this is the biggest project he's done yet, but uh, he he was very helpful from the beginning. And honestly, when when we started casting, I thought it was going to take us, you know, uh, months or maybe a year to find the lead, you know, because without the right lead, I wouldn't have shot the movie because, yeah. you know, why waste my time if it's not going to work? So I thought, OK, we're going to just spend as much as we need to find the right person. And then a month later, Isaac sends me the audition of uh, Gustavo. Uh, and it was one of the first auditions that we received. And I, I was just blown away. Um, so all of the actors are from TJ, except mm -hmm. the lead, Gustavo. He's from, he's from Monterrey. Ah, okay. So, so he flew in and all the other actors, um, except, you know, the two agents are uh, American. So they came from L.A., uh, but all the other actors, uh, the grandfather, uh, the girl, the gangster, the friend, yeah. uh, you know, all, they're all they're all Mexican I mean, from Tijuana, actually. Oh, I love Tijuana. that. You you stayed true to the to the locals. See, that's Absolutely, what we like. Yeah. That's what we like to see from filmmaking over here. It's kind of like, OK, you were pretty loyal to the locals and gave them priority. And that's that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, there's. Uh, I was surprised to learn that there's a thriving theater scene down in TJ. You know, multiple um, theaters working. You know, presenting productions. It's amazing. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. No. Definitely. And oh, I think he's back. Hello. Hey, welcome hey, back. back. I was. Wondering I was wondering who it was, who was that. that. Oh, is there an echo? Hello. That's me. That's me. Hello. Is it you? There's can you guys? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, but there's an echo. All right. Let me remove myself and come back when there's an echo. <laughs> okay. We'll miss you. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I know. Well. But but that means so much. Thank you for saying that. And for, you know, just, uh, I guess, I don't know, um, appreciating the film as a, someone who grew up in Tijuana. That means a lot. Well, yeah, that was one thing. Again, we were talking about it because I, I really enjoyed it. Like, uh, you know, not to just like smoke, blow smoke up your ass, but like, honestly, I really enjoyed it. And I think, it, and I really thought that you were Latino. Like, I was like, there's no way wow. that this is made from, you know. And so when he told me you were from Bulgaria, I was like very surprised. And one of my biggest questions that I wanted to ask you is how was it, like, do you speak Spanish or how was the directing in, because the whole film is in Spanish. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So how was that? 
Um, okay, so my Spanish is super basic. I can order okay. tacos. <laughs> and, really? Yeah, and I'm, I'm taking a Spanish class now. I, I, okay, I've been on Duolingo for almost three years. I have a thousand day. I have a thousand day streak on Duolingo. Oh, and that's I, impressive. And I still suck. So I, you know, I'm I'm the worst. Like I'm the anti advertisement for Duolingo. <laughs> like I've been doing it forever, and I haven't learned anything. Uh, but. I feel uh, yeah. So, the, OK. So the way it worked is I wrote the script in English okay. uh, for, for some reason. I could have written it in Bulgarian, but I, I guess I wrote it in English because I, I knew I would have to uh, show it to other people who were going to work with me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so. OK, so I wrote it in English and then I had a friend translate it um, who's Mexican, but he, he's been living in Europe for the last 10 years. So his his slang was a little outdated. So when I showed it to the actors, they're like, uh, no, that's not what we would say, you know? So they sort of, they fine tuned it. Uh, but you know, I, I was lucky that all the actors spoke English. So we were able to work together and, uh, uh they, they were able to make the, the, the words their own, um, so that, that, that was sense. that was great. That was great. that makes sense because I was gonna say like the slang, everything came so naturally, and it was yeah. You would think you you're Mexican and fluent, so you're. <laughs> well, I can tell you that by the end of it, I knew all the words by heart. You know, it's all the dialogue, and I was able to give them uh, feedback and to uh, uh, ask them to try different things. So I, I knew what they were saying, at, you know, at any given point uh, because I, I'd heard it so many times. Um, but yeah, the, it, it was a bit of extra work for sure. Oh, I love the cultural exchange. <laughs> hey, welcome back, Lou. Hey, how are you, hey, how are you guys doing? I think it's my, it's my laptop. Let me, let me fix this. This is me. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. oh, okay. Yeah. Cause you're, it, it's me. What is this? Uh, Microsoft teams, mic speaker. Hello. Hello. This always happens live. Don't worry. There's always technical difficulties. Just comes with the territory. Can you still hear, can you still hear me? Yeah. I can hear you. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, we can, yeah, we can still hear you. But I can, but hear, I can you. hear yourself. Me, me. You can hear yourself. Uh, God? Well, actually. If I mute myself, can you can you still hear yourself? Is it Try hello, it. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. No, I guess not. I guess we're hearing... Oh, it's because okay. Can you? Oh, were you, were you not hearing us through your earpods? I was, but then when you joined, you're going through my um, laptop speaker. So let me just leave and rejoin. Oh, you can you can also go to Should settings I? and change the audio. Yeah, change yeah, the audio, change so, the audio so, so it's coming strongly from, from, from your uh, earpods. Stream to this. Yeah, I'm I'm trying it, but it's it's grayed out. Uh, you can change your default output in your operating system settings. Okay. So we go to settings <laughs> at the bottom, and then audio on the left. Let me just join real quick. Let me just rejoin. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Gay. Great job vamping there, Sophia. Like the yeah. questions there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. It was a, it was it's an easy film to kind of come up with questions because I really did like it. It was honestly the lead impressed me, and the writing was just super good i genuinely thought he was like gonna be a local from tj like that was pretty cool yeah 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 i had to do a little bit of digging in until i realized what was going on let's see let's see what we got here let's see hello that. hello George. yeah I, I don't hear myself now there we go can you hear us though george sorry that was our secret language 
No, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear us fine, though? Uh, we, can, we can hear you fine, but now we can't hear you. Now we can't. No. No, now you're gone. We missed him. Oh, he's gone. He's gone. Yeah. Never, never coming no. back. Oh. <laughs> we, we heard you when you started. All right. We'll power through somehow. I'm test, getting, I'm getting this test. Yeah, you're there. Yeah, you're yeah. there. Okay, great. Okay. Sorry, okay. guys. Okay. I think we're right, good now. Right. We we'll just have we'll to just deal, have with, to deal with, a little, with a little, a little, feedback. little feedback. Oh, is it still like going? Hello? Hello? Let me see if I change my audio if it does anything. Wait, is that there? Is that better? I think that's better. I don't hello, know. Hello? Hello, George? Can you hear us? Can you, Georgie, can you hear us? I can't hear you now. Uh, oh, darn. Oh, darn. We'll figure it out. Darn. Oh, my Man. God. It's all right. Well. Well. So, how about them chargers, huh? <laughs> no. How about, how about the, uh, all right, let's see. Hold on. We're trying to get one more again. One more again. Third time's Hello? a charm. That's, that's one, two, testing, three. testing. I can hear you. Okay. Yeah. Great. Oh, Ooh. hey. We've made we it. We did it. Oh, yes. Hey. All right. Oh my uh, gosh. All right. Let's keep let's let's keep it going. Wait, I have, to, yeah. I have to ask you guys. Do you guys, okay. do you know do you know who uh, Christos Tuichkov is? Christo. Christos Tuichkov. No, no. Okay, because because I thought when you said, you know what Bulgaria is famous for, I thought that's what you were gonna say. <laughs> he, he's this. He's a, like our most famous uh, football player, or oh, as they say, their soccer Stoich, player. Stoichkov? Yeah. And he's an old, he's an older player though, right? He's an older guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, a... I remember Krisko Stoichkov. Yeah, yeah. He's like on Univision. Like he was a commentator forever, and he's Shut a big up. he's a big star in Mexico. Oh yeah, my yeah, gosh! Yeah, 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 yeah. Bulgarian. Yes, yeah, I should know. That. I should know this. Wait, 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 oh, wait. he left again. No, no, sorry, yeah. sorry. That was that was me. That was, me. <laughs> that was you. You got excited. That was me. That was me. That was messing <laughs> with the keys. <laughs> No, no, no. Uh, no, I was just joking when I said Bulgarians are the Latinos of Eastern Europe. But they might, we they totally might. are. We, we totally are. Okay, got it. All right, Rebecca, thanks for stopping by, Rebecca. What's up? Um, Do you no, remember was, what you were going to ask, Lou? Yeah, no. Basically, what I was gonna what I was gonna say is something that you covered, which is, um, you know, it's not as easy as just throwing some hey, some ways or nonames or some some slang in there to turn a story into legitimately sounding Mexican, but you did a great job because I know you said you went through the process of, of going from English to Spanish to modernizing the Spanish to your yeah. actors, giving you feedback. Um, so I think Sophia covered that. And, um, and I do know that Sophia was able to give you um, some notes, some, some, I, I was happy to be able to have Sophia tell you how she felt about the cinematography, the, you know, you know it's kind of cliche to say it's like a love letter to X, Y, or Z, you know? But in but in essence, it is it, it does it does fit that it is you know the sprawling landscapes, the yeah. shots overlooking the border, being so close to another place, the condos that are literally up against the border wall, all those things. Um, Even the cancha, the, the football, made it like, feel made it feel yeah. very personal, right? Mm. So my question is. What is the what is what are the similarities between where you grew up in Bulgaria and Tijuana? Are there any um, in terms of like obviously it, it, we don't we don't think of Bulgaria as like a very rich or powerful right. NATO country and stuff like that. So yeah. are there similarities in your upbringing between 
you know, parallels between Tijuana, the city and where you grew up? Well, for sure. I, I wanted to, I wanted to put as much as my, of my personal experience into the movie as possible. Uh, and so the, the little story with the hat, um, in the beginning, uh, that actually happened to me. Um, you know, and, uh, so, so okay, we can spoil this bit. You know, I, I was, okay. I was at a, uh, soccer field, whatever. I didn't get picked for a game. And this, this guy, uh, threw me his hat and he's like, take care of it. And then I, I leaned against the fence or something. And I got paint on it. And these like 10 guys started chasing me down back to my house. And then I, I hid and my grandfather was in there and he's like, what's going on? I'm like, well, these guys are, you know, going to beat my ass. <laughs> so he's uh-huh. like, so he, he confronted them basically. That was, you know, so right. anyway, that's, in, that's in the movie. Um, what I was looking for in Tijuana is I was actually looking for an apartment building that sort of, um, resembled where I used to live, you know, as a kid and that neighborhood, which you're probably familiar with, with the colorful, um, like apartment buildings, like five, six story apartment buildings. That's not very common in TJ, right? Like it's all usually one, two story buildings. Around but, there, yeah, there's not a lot that are super high, yeah. Yeah, but th- that neighborhood of, like, all these, uh, they're, like, almost tenement buildings, you know? Mm-hmm. But the, the main difference was that they're colorful in uh, in TJ. Mm-hmm. Ours, ours, are ju- ours are gray, right. <laughs> you know? So, uh, you know, it, it was great to find that sort of equivalent to, to my neighborhood growing up, but sort of the, the Mexican version of it, you know, in the, with the purple and the green and, and all that mm-hmm. and ours is more uh communist uh you know <laughs> yeah, I was like very eastern uh, european <laughs> yeah. right. i think well i think the reason that um that that i got frozen is because i wanted to add like the mexico sepia tone to my screen <laughs> you know how you know because it was I, it wasn't I, that's what my one complaint is the movie wasn't orange enough i didn't think there was any, like, <laughs> You needed to go a little bit heavier with the orange. We are in Mexico now. Filter. Yeah. I, I, I've seen I've seen that meme actually. I, I shared it. Yeah. Like, uh, Americans yeah. making a Mexican movie. Yeah. Yeah. The, like the just, yeah. With that ball of hay. What is that called? The the one that rolls in the wind. Okay. The, the tumbleweed. The tumbleweed. Thank you. Yes. Right. Yeah. Well, that's for a Western, but in Mexico, you just throw Mexico. a little orange on there. Yeah. Throw a little orange, and now you're in Mexico. Um, I wanted to touch a little bit about, um, you know, the, your experience as an immigrant, um, and sort of assimilating to, to Midwestern culture and then coming out to the coast. Was that a big difference for you, uh, in terms of like having your first experience be in sort of a more traditional, like place, like, like, like Idaho, um, as opposed to like a big city? How how would you uh, express that? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like a, totally different country, um, out here in California. Um, so when we first moved to the States, I was 12 and we landed in uh, Salt Lake city. Wow. And my, my step, my stepdad, um, came, came out to pick us up from the airport. And as we drove out from the airport, I'm looking around, I'm like, where are all the skyscrapers? <laughs> you know? Not in Salt Lake city. <laughs> and then we keep driving into the tumbleweeds, you know, and it gets more and more rural. I'm like, what the hell is this? You know, like I thought I was coming to America. Yeah, New York City, basically. That's what I yeah. knew of America. But right. it it was 180 degrees from that, you know, like uh and 
me coming from Bulgaria, I, I, um, uh, I come from the second biggest city in Bulgaria, which is not a huge city compared, you know, it's like half a million people or whatever, but still like a decent sized city. And I could walk, you know, and meet some friends and, you know, just go to the uh, center of the city and, you know, have some coffee or whatever. Like it's, it's a social town, you know, but I, we moved to American Falls. That's the name of the, the town. American Falls has a population of 18, 1800. And we didn't even live in American Falls. We lived 15 minutes outside of it. So the, the blue school bus, or sorry, the yellow school bus would pick us up in the mornings, you know, and then oh in the afternoon when, when he would, you know, when the school would end, there would be nothing for me to do because our closest neighbor was a mile away and mm -hmm. there, they didn't have any kids. So it was me in front of the computer, basically, you know, uh yeah that was that was idaho for me um but you know i had i had many mexican friends uh in school that was in that was my click there it was uh mm -hmm. the mexican kids and you know they they sort of you know helped me integrate as much as i i could there you go and this yeah. i didn't know there was mexicans in idaho hmm. <laughs> where you know oh, oh yeah there's t oh there's tons there's tons yeah. they're out there huh. yeah you guys are all over the place um, uh, one of the things that I wanted, uh, we're talking live with, uh, George Nicolas, um, his film Limite will be showcased at the next month's San Diego International Film Festival. We'll make sure that we share the link here in a second. That's what I was looking for when I came across these pictures. Um, the story that this is based on without giving any spoiler alerts, but people can, you know, sort of Google it and just, I mean, it doesn't really take away anything from the story. Uh, knowing about it, it just puts it into perspective, yeah. um, is about uh, an issue that, uh, you know, somebody was bringing in some liquid into the U.S. They and the Border Patrol, he's like, hey, you know, it's just uh, apple juice. Uh, and the Border Patrol mm -hmm. agents sort of egg them on to to, to try it. Um, and, um, you know, the, the person died afterwards. Uh, and then the Border Patrol got sued. Um, it was, you know, they ended up settling for a million dollars with the family, but admitted no guilt. Um, so what was it like and what hurdles did you have to shoot through? Because I know you tagged the Border Patrol in this photo to be able <laughs> wow. to film this scene inside of inside of a, of a federal office building. What was what was the process of that like? Well, I'm I'm very flattered um, that you think it's a real federal office. I was okay. going to say, Lou, I doubt. I don't think that it, they would allow. That. Well, they did. I mean, I just saw that you tagged the actual right? CVP. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that, uh, that's just me trolling them, you know. I love. Got them. it. Okay, that makes much more sense than me being like, God damn, how'd you get that? I was going to say this must have been like a Lancomet or something. Come on, the, the border is not that nice, first of all. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, okay. So this is this is a huge compliment to. To our production designer, you know, like she did an amazing job with her team. Her name is uh, Sirum. Uh, she's from Cancun, but uh, she lives out here in L.A. And, you know, she drove down with us to do this uh, project and they did an amazing job. So this is the cultural center uh, in down in TJ Sikut, I think it's. Uh, wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, this is one of their, I guess. Uh, exhibition spaces i think it's like they use it as a gallery or something but um, okay. we dressed it up as the 
the border, a fancier version of the real border. For sure. God, that's so cool. You got to film in Secud. I'm so jealous. I didn't know you. Ah, I would have been a PA. Come on. I would be so happy oh. to be there. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> She got to film it. like, good. That's a dream. Come on. That's. The I guess. Dream. I guess Sophia's doing like the 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 Nick Cage from Saturday Night. I guess the question is, how am I not in this movie? Exactly. How? How? <laughs> you, you need. You need to get to know Isaac for sure. Isaac okay. is your guy. <laughs> All right. I'll call Isaac. We gotta be homies. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. So I just want to link here that uh, I'm gonna put this in the chat and stuff for anybody that wants to be interested in, but. And uh, give me a second here. Um, you can watch uh, Limite mm -hmm. um, Saturday, October 21st at 11.30 a.m. at UTC La Jolla. And this is, see, I had put the Mexican filter on everything. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Um, Wednesday, October, uh, the, the San Diego International Film Festival, October 18th to the 22nd. Mm -hmm. um i put i put the link to where you can buy tickets uh here's another film locally to fall in love from local filmmakers that we know that's going to be there as well um and you nice. can check a look at this pass and see everything that's happening um at san diego international film festival in october now my only beef and i'm still open to talking to anybody about the festival about this was um you're familiar with like the 48 hour film festivals george i i yeah Right. In general, so, the concept. Yeah, I know the concept. The concept, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. in San Diego, there's a 48-hour film festival like every other, like every other major city. And mm -hmm. the winners of the best of for the festival, they get their own screening every year at San Diego International. So you mm -hmm. get to watch it at the festival, and then they do a, a screening of the 48-hour films from that year. And one of our films was a uh, part of that uh, several years back. We showed up at the festival and thought that we were going to get treated like like any other filmmaker and we're going to be getting a full festival pass so we could go to events and screenings and stuff like that mm -hmm. and um, mm -hmm. parties. And it was just like a weekend pass to go watch movies, but it didn't give us any actual oh. filmmaker access. So I did a rant a few years back saying F the San Diego International Film Festival because of that, because what's the worst possible thing that could happen a bunch of local filmmakers get to mingle with other filmmakers and have right. a good time. And they just want to submit more movies to your festival. What's the worst possible thing. And I felt like they did like a two tiered mm. system where it was like, yes, you get to go to the movies for free, but we're not going to give you any access to any parties or anything like that. No, no, no. Uh, so, so I was a little upset, hopefully, hopefully, because I bitched about it a lot to a lot of people a couple of years ago, they have changed that, but I don't think they'll ever want to screen one of my movies, but we'll, we'll never know. We'll, we'll, ne we'll never, we'll never know. Uh, side note, side note, they did send me a thing to the podcast to see if I wanted to apply for, for press. So, oh. so maybe we could go ahead. Just go, huh. as just go as me, hent show and crash the party. Who knows? Do, do we want to uh, mend, mend? I don't know. I'm open to many defenses, but I'm never gonna I'm never gonna shut up and 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 not say how I feel about how filmmakers should be treated by film festivals. Yeah. Just, and you know, by the way, I, I sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I wanted to submit the film to the uh, San Diego Latino Film Festival. <gasps> yeah. Why didn't you? Well, no, I still want to do it, but yeah. uh, they or should I say you? Are you involved with that? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I'm a I'm a cur I'm a curator. He is. Okay, so, so there, there's no there's no category for films that are between thirty and sixty minutes. 
it's like it's a short if it's under 30 and then it's a feature if it's above 60 and then if it's between 30 and 60 it doesn't exist you know like you are in the dead zone for independent cinema and this is why i tell people this is my advice to filmmakers when they want to do something that's festival driven is to keep it under 20 or make it a feature because it is a nightmare to program because yeah. you either because it's very hard to to get an audience to come out for a 40 minute movie our movie slapworthy our rom-com was like 57 minutes and mm-hmm. they treated it as a feature but as a local feature and they gave us a feature slot but it, as a programmer you either have to find another film that's also 20 to 25 minutes and put them together right to, to sort of round out because what you're literally looking at is like tetris and being like we got six yeah. movie theaters we have four slots per day if we have this 37 minute movie here we have to like find something to put with it it is it is right. a treacherous like dead zone of of length for filmmakers yeah well but, i learned that the hard way by the way and all these festivals that say they accept shorts up to 40 minutes you know that's right. not really true because it depends it depends yeah yeah but i i do know a guy me at the festival <laughs> okay, yeah. so, so I, I might be able to right. help you out i'll well, definitely cons- put in consider, a good word consider that the film is submitted to to the san diego latino yeah, uh, yeah, we'd love yeah. to be there yeah absolutely no no that's 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 100 um i mean it's a quarterly film <clears throat> it would be i think a great fit for the frontera showcase which oh, yeah. is films that are focused about border issues like it's literally right there in the in that thing so i don't think it should be a problem um, at least putting a, a good word for you in there. That's that's that'd be fine. Um, so let me just let me just get a little bit of background on you real quick, and then we'll see if we have any other questions before we let you go here. Um, in terms of your, um, you know, you're an immigrant. You're growing up there. You have some parallel stuff with TJ. You know, you get the soccer field and stuff. But where did your love of storytelling and where did your inkling to be a filmmaker um, germinate? Was that something that was with you in Bulgaria? Mm-hmm. Or was that something that when you got to the States and you started having these experiences, you you started feeling the need to tell stories? I was actually into music uh, for a long time first. And uh, I used like to rap. character in the movie? Believe it or not. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so, yeah. Actually, the drum machine, I don't know if you saw the drum machine, but some of my like uh, music equipment is, you know, is in, in his room. Uh, and the joke was, it, that, it got cut out of the movie, but you know, he's always talking about, I'm going to be a big time music producer, but he never, you know, actually makes any music. And so his, yeah. uh, his friend was teasing him about it at the taco shop. It got cut out, but he said something like, uh, dude, you're never making music. Why, why, why are you, you know, why do you keep yeah. talking about being a musician? <laughs> so I was, you know, I was that kid, you know, I, I wanted to, to, uh, to do something in music and I, I used to rap. I had a radio show back in Bulgaria uh, when, okay. when I moved. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, but then I uh, I transitioned in, into film. Uh, I got to work on the sound for a, uh, a feature film, actually a Bulgarian uh, foreign language submission to the uh, Academy Awards back in 2010 or something. Uh, a movie called The World is Big and Salvation Lurks Around the Corner, uh, sort of a long title. Uh, yeah. But... It, it got it got shortlisted actually that year for the uh, for the Oscars, um, and uh, after that I went to um, to film school. You know, I just took a took a turn from music to film. 
Nice. Uh, but you know, rap rap is in many ways similar, you know, because you're telling a story, you know, you're trying to transport the listener to a particular place and time uh, mm-hmm. and you know, give them enough details to believe you. Right. Uh, so yeah, it's, were you like that like, Bulgarian Dr. Dre, like producing and rapping <laughs> on your own beats, or what were you trying to be? What was That's your awesome. what was your Actually, what was your biggest hip hop influence? Uh, biggest hip hop influence. Wow. Okay. Uh, it must be Tupac. You know. Okay. It's either Tupac or you know Nas. Nas is up there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of course, I I loved Eminem as a kid. You know, knew all nice. his lyrics then. Um, yeah, I I was at the right age when Fifty Cent came out. You know, with Get Rich okay. or Die Trying. That was yes. My oh, you know, love that album. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. All those guys. Some, yeah, the whole noises. the whole aftermath. You know, no, group. Yeah. Sure. Listen, yeah. I, I grew up in Queens, though, so Nas and and Pac, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, great. Well, so the film's coming to San Diego. It's it's been received in other festivals, right? This isn't. Your first one, yeah. you've, you've had a little bit of success. Uh, no, so this is actually, this is our big premiere. Okay. Um, we're oh. also going to some other festivals. I think we're going to Newport uh, and Ojai and okay. there's in uh, Seattle, I think the Seattle Latino Film Festival. So okay. we're going to go to, yeah, but San Diego is our big reveal. Got it. And yes. are you gonna have um, are you gonna have some of the cast there as well? Are they coming up or I, I hope they're all gonna come out, you know, that they're they're really pumped for it. So uh yeah, it's you know, it's a short drive. So I, I hope they make yeah. it. That's true. It's it's a it's a long <laughs> wait funny. for a short drive, right? It's mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly exactly. Yeah. Um and then so I guess I, I did wanna ask you like um in terms of like the protagonist, because obviously you you um I sent you a link uh, in in the email because we made a movie that was part of the festival a couple of years ago where, where it was based on a true story and I sort of created a a, a mythology around it. It was a movie we made mm. called uh, Ladron de Bicicletas, which is it was called The Bicycle Thief, but not necessarily mm. a direct homage to the original Bicycle Thief, but sort of that was based on a true story. And then I sort of built this. Uh, there was this character in it, and he had this one defining thing that I knew was true about them that happened and I built this entire sort of day and stuff around it. So, wow. um, sounds very similar. To exactly. No, exactly. <laughs> and, I, and I sent you a link to it so you can take a look at it because I figured I, I thought it was incredibly interested. So when you take this real life event and you decide to make this film about it, obviously you took care to make sure it sounded authentic. You did a great job with the locations, with the subject matter, with treating that with care, but, how did it? How did how how long did it take you to build the um, the the mythology around the character, create his backstory? Because you said it was going to it was going to be difficult to do it without just it. Could, you could have copied like X Y Z. This is his family. They ended up getting money for this or this and that. Right. You decided to sort of fictionalize large aspects of it. You've already said that you put parts of yourself in the character as well. Yeah. Um, what was that entire process like for you? And, and was there like a lot of pulling and pushing and adding and subtracting? How, how did that make you feel as an artist or how much did that take out of you? So uh, it's, you know, the movie is all fictional except for, I guess, the final scene, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because we have surveillance footage of that. So we see we can see what 
what's going on. You know, we, we don't have audio, so we don't know exactly what they said, but we can sort of surmise. Um, but uh, everything else, I decided to go uh, the fictional route because one of my favorite directors is a Polish uh, director named uh, Kislowski. And he was a famous um, uh, documentarian before he started doing fiction. He did the trilogy, Red, White, and Blue, and, uh, you know, his famous Decalogue. So he's someone, an interviewer once asked him, you know, why did you go from documentaries to uh, fictional, you know, live action? And he said, when you're making a documentary, you can get very close to the truth, but you can't get to the truth because... Mm-hmm. You're always filming someone who knows they're being filmed, you know, and there's always a filter um, when you put a camera in front of somebody. So when you you put a camera on, you change reality. Exactly. Yeah. So when you fictionalize it, when you create this this fictional world, you can you can sort of speak directly to the uh, to the viewer um, and remove that that filter, you know, that barrier, which is the person with the camera or at least try to remove it, you know, at least. I think that's what some of my favorite favorite movies do is they, you know, they put me in a place and time that I believe that I fully believe and they they portray something that speaks to me. Um, So that's sort of the reason I I decided to fictionalize it is because I just I wanted to convey certain ideas and feelings to the audience um, rather than just making a, you know, like a. A, a newsreel about the event, you know, or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. or, or like, or a recreation, uh, as they, you know, they do on Lifetime, you know, like, yeah. uh, right. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that makes, a, that I, makes a lot of sense. You killed it. I'm glad you did, George. Yeah. Um, Nailed la- it. yeah, I have one last <laughs> question for you. And then, uh, I don't know if Sophia, you had anything else. Um, what, what, if any, has the reaction been like to the film by any, um, advocacy groups, uh, any anybody directly related to the family and TJ, anything like that? Has anybody reached out? Have you received any feedback, positive or negative, about the about the subject matter and about the film itself? Yeah, so we actually tried to to uh, track down the family. Uh, I really I wanted to them to see the film and you know to give their their feedback, um, and uh, we couldn't find them. I spoke with the um, the journalist who sort of broke the story um his name is uh john carlos frey and he told me that in in these cases in many of these cases uh the family sort of goes into hiding afterwards yeah. uh, especially when they get a million dollars you know because uh the cartel knows them they know that they now have money you know so they're not going to want to be you know um known uh in the community so uh we, we haven't found the family i would love for them to see the film you know um but in terms of reactions um we we did a little screening sort of like a private screening at the uh, mexican consulate here in la um mm-hmm. with the bulgarian consul general we we went there and we showed it j- just to their staff you know mm-hmm. and they had a similar reaction to what you said is you know i they said we can't believe you're not Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So that was that was the biggest compliment to me. I'm like, okay, I did my job. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, you, re- okay. you really did, really nailed All right, it. Well, Thank you. All right, one last test here. Okay, Sophia. Oh, actually, sorry. I, I, I skipped your question. Um, advocacy groups. You know, I, oh, yeah, I would, 
I would love for them to see the film. <laughs> I'm trying to reach out to any and all advocacy groups. I would love for them to come out to the premiere. Um, you know, any leads you guys have for me, I, I, I'm gonna, you know, I would love to reach out to these organizations. I think there's a lot of work, you know, the important work that they're doing. And I, I'd love to, you know, support it any way I can. And if there's some synergy there between the film and their work, that would be amazing. Absolutely. Well, That's if I could get these free passes to that festival, which I won't give a dollar to, uh, I'll, I'll, I will, I will see you when you get here to San Diego, George. I might, I'm, I'm going to try to make it out for you guys. Um, one last thing here before we let you go. All right, Sofia is actually the owner of a Mexican restaurant here in San Diego. It's called wow. Laudi. La original Casa del Taco. So if you guys are going to yes. get some authentic food while you get down here, you might as well go hit her up. National right. City. <clears throat> it's after the screening. You and your wife as hungry. I want you in your best Spanish to order from Holy. Sofia at a Mexican restaurant right now before we let you go. Hola, Jorge. Mucho gusto. ¿Qué, qué le puedo dar? Uh, hola. Um, tres tacos de lengua, por favor. Oh! Yeah, quiero algo para tomar. Uh, para aquí. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> algo de tomar, algo para beber. Uh, oh, algo de tomar. No, 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 no. Uh, no, 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 nada, nada de tomar. Um, uh, alguna cebolla y uh, uh, salsa verde y esto. Okay, perfecto. Bueno, muchas gracias. Perfecto. Tacos de lengua. That's that's an advanced. Tacos de lengua con cebolla y salsa verde. That's an advanced order, guys. You're really Mexican. Duolingo is working. You are not a failure. Come on. That is a that is a very Mexican order. You gotta. You might have to go to Tacos al Gordo and get you some tacos de lengua there while you're down here too. Yeah, I love it. Something that's crazy to me is when we go down to TJ. Is the the lengua tacos are crazy expensive. They're like six dollars mm -hmm. or something like five bucks a hundred pesos for a lengua taco that's true well i don't know i'm not a big lengua person so i i'm uh, asada adobada we're good <laughs> we love it yeah, yeah we love lengua but it's so cheap here i guess because it's not popular so we just all right, In a weird all right that's Sophia. did you have anything else for 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 george no you actually asked the last one i had that question as well i really wanted to know if he had contacted um their family or reached out but that makes so much sense why they would not want to be you know yeah. contacted so yeah, yeah unfortunately the cartel the whole you know it's a lot of violence in mexico with that so yeah yeah and you, your your guys's tickets are on me if you're coming out to the screening uh, i would love for you to be there oh it was Say less. George, George. <laughs> well, I would say, love to go and support. Say, say, say less, man. We'll see, we'll see you there. Um, excellent. Well, thank you, George Nicolas, uh, the Bulgarian Mexican, as we will refer to him <laughs> yes. on the show. The honorary, <laughs> honorary oh, Bulgarian yeah. Mexican. Listen, I'm I'm a Colombian, but everybody, I, I might as well be Mexican while we in California. I've been adopted, so. So, so we're good. So I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. I'm glad I know we connected on Twitter a while back and I'm glad that, that we, you finally got a chance to get you on here yeah. to talk about your film. It's very exciting that it's going to have its premiere here. I'll also make sure that we put in a good word here uh, for the Frontera showcase for a San Diego Latino film festival oh, yeah. when that comes out next spring uh, for that one tickets will be on me. Uh, and then, uh, <laughs> and then we wish you the best here. Obviously, you know, we're filmmakers, Sophia's an actor. So hopefully, you know, like I said, we do this podcast to promote people, promote projects, uh, but also to connect with other filmmakers and, and to hopefully, you know, be able to work with them in the future. So I'm looking forward to continuing to connect with you, George. Thank you very much for joining us today. 
Yeah, thank congratulations. You so thank you for being here. Thank you. And uh, if any of your viewers want to follow the film, we're, film, we're on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, just Limite Movie. That's mm -hmm. our handle. All right. We'll make sure that we have that in the podcast description as well as in the description of the show. Thank you, Jorge, for joining us. Thank you, guys. Um, we'll let Bye -bye. you go, and, and thank you very much. Go get yourself some lengua tacos. You earned it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Thank you. Uh, all right. Love him. That was lovely. Tacos de lengua. He is cultured. Cultured, man. I wonder if there'll ever be an episode where we'll get somebody off and you'll be like, hated them. Hated them. <laughs> they were the worst. No, I don't. Oh, they just, they just, they just keep being amazing. Amazing guests. Ah. I'm good at you need to get guests, a shitty guest one you. of these days. Yeah, I'm, good I'm, good at, I'm a good booker. I'm a book. I book. I book Wait. it like this, baby. Book it. Book it. Yeah, book this it. is why book you it. do the booking. Yeah. <laughs> and you do the fighting over the guests. All right, that's fair. We'll just keep that. We'll we'll keep the the separation of church and state going. Yes, of course. Listen, <clears> if I if I did the booking, it would be all cheese man all the time. You would be like, mm. Yeah. No, I guess listen, we we love our guests. It's it's fun to talk about them. Uh, literally, I've been connected with him on Twitter for a while. He reached out and he's like, hey, would you like to take a look at this movie a while back? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then it sort of went into the background and he hit me back up again. And I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, I remember that. Let's do it. Yeah. And that's how that happened. And um, shit, I guess we I guess we got to we're going to La Jolla. <laughs> we're going, going to La Jolla, Hala, baby. We're going to La Jolla. When, when is this happening again? I will shoot you the dates. Uh, yeah, cheese may is good for the soul. And with that being Thank said, let's geez. let's get into some cheese may. She gets. Let's it. get into some cheese may. Let's get into some tabs. Let's knock this out. Mm. Boom, boom, boom. Let's All do right. it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Starting out with. Let's do it. All right, so I was actually going to play this and talk about this during our interview with uh, with Nicolas because uh -huh. um, it falls under the ACAB sort of um, umbrella sort of mm -hmm. thing, you know what I mean? But um, yeah. this is something that happened recently. I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Okay. This is a Seattle police officer caught on body cam laughing um, about something that happened with one of his fellow officers, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. All right, brother. Uh, well, uh, yep. Um, I'm sure uh, TCIS is. And I. Uh, oh, he's good. He says, well, normally we don't give voluntary statements. And I said, hey, you're going to have to decide if you wanted to give a statement or not. But. It does not seem like there's a criminal investigation going on. Otherwise, there would be other. So just to give you, I think I should need to give you a little bit of context, right? Yeah. Um, in Seattle, a police officer was going like um, racing to some sort of event. <clears throat> Didn't have his sirens on, had just squeaked them or something. And he runs over and kills uh, a student in Seattle. Um, killed her with his car. So this is uh, a part, not a partner, but a colleague of that officer talking about that incident with another officer while his body cam was on. 
Okay. So it'll make a little more sense in a second. What's that? Yeah. Otherwise, there might be other people arriving, correct? Yeah. I mean, he's going 50. That's not out of control. That's not reckless for a train driver. Yeah. Lights and sirens. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's some, the, initially, uh, he said she was in a crosswalk. Uh, there's a witness that says, no, she wasn't. But that witness could be different because I don't think she was thrown 40 feet either. Uh, I think she went up on the hood, hit the windshield. Then when he hit the brakes, flew off the car. But she is dead. <laughs> No, it's a regular person. Yeah. Yeah, just write a check. Just. Oh, yeah. $11,000. She was 26 anyway. She had limited value. What? What the fuck was that? Is that not fucking infuriating? I'm disgusted right now. Wait. Right. So essentially, one of his uh, one a police officer runs runs over a um uh basically I want to make sure I have her name. Uh, Kandula was a 23 year old graduate student from India. She was set to graduate in December, and she was um and he did have. He had chirped the siren, but he did not have it running continuously. They say he could have been going 74 miles per hour in a 25 mile per hour zone. Um, and he basically struck and killed her. And what that cop was saying right there was write a check. She is dead. Um, $11,000. She was 26 years old. So she had limited, limited value. value that is which disgusting. is fucking disgusting. Oh, my God. Ugh. Yeah. The laughing too is like yeah she is dead laughing um and this was just uncovered during just routine like sort of overview of their body camps and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, is, yeah. Do you know if he's uh, like being you know if he's going In, to court or I mean, anything? Anyone suing? Like you can sort okay. of. I mean this this is the same thing that happens. You know he's been suspended pending an internal review. You know that. Yeah. That whole thing. We're hey, gonna review Lee. ourselves. Oh my yeah, but god. god damn, and like that's that's ACAB like in a nutshell right there. Like laughing about it, like, yeah, she's dead. Ha 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 ha. Uh she's not a real, not a she's just a regular person. Like, like you know, you can tell what was happening from like, oh, was it anybody like important? It's like, no, just a regular no, no, person. Just a, just a, she is no, dead the, though. Yeah. The she's lack dead. of remorse or like care for it. Other human beings is like actually disturbing. Like, he was he he wasn't out of control. Yeah yeah yeah, it's fine. Blah blah blah. There's a there's a witness, but it's not a big deal. Oh yeah, she's just write a write check. A check, Jinx. Dollars. He doesn't have any real value. God fucking dang. Fuck. Yeah. Anyway, people infuriate me. These are the people that need to fucking just be hung. Like oh yeah. my gosh. All right. Let's jump uh, into no empathy at all. Absolutely. No empathy. Right exactly. Right. All right, so let's jump into the Aston Kutcher Mila Kunis uh, thing uh, real quickly. Uh, that's pretty much the only other major story, and then we have some random tabs to go through. Mm-hmm. Oh, excuse yeah. me. 
So Danny yeah. Masterson, uh, that 70s show, um, Aston Kutcher, uh, Topher Grace, all these other actors were in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But um, Danny Masterson was convicted on two or three charges of rape, of drugging, and sl- making women fall asleep. And then very Bill Cosby uh, raking them once they were passed out. Uh, yep. He was also involved with like Scientology and a bunch of other stuff. And um, essentially when they were going to get their um, their sentencing, he was convicted on two or three charges. The one charge that he was not convicted on was somebody that was his girlfriend at the time mm-hmm. uh, because she was with them at the time. And they said, I guess you can't rape somebody that you're with, which is bullshit. That's the same thing mm-hmm. as marital rape. Um and after his sentencing, Danny Masterson's family reached out to a lot of people, as you would for a sentencing, um, and basically asked some of his friends or colleagues, famous people that would still take their calls mm-hmm. to um, write some letters to talk about the Danny Masterson that they knew yeah. back in the day. Exactly. And this was to get leniency. This was leniency after the conviction. After the conviction. It's very important. In of itself, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't think it's a very, I don't think it's, I think it's a, I don't think it's like, um, like a real take that, that people would appreciate, but in of itself, the act of writing a letter, even if it's for a killer, I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with somebody that you writing a letter to the judge to give them context. Even uh, yeah, I, I do understand that even if you have a great friend and that, that great friend does something horrible, if they get convicted, they deserve what they want. But I do feel that if it is somebody that you are close with, if it's a family member, like, like mm-hmm. no matter what, your mom's still going to write a letter to the judge, no matter what you did. Right. You yeah. could have killed 18 people and your mom's still going to be like, my baby made a mistake. My baby. You know, he's so yeah. sweet. I don't, you know what I mean? Like uh-huh. the act itself, I don't have an issue with. But you are a public person, you are a celebrity, and these letters become public, (laughs) right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So, go ahead. Well, no, no, no. I'll give you my take after after you. So, like, this is the this is the best one. Please, Your Honor, he's a kind and gentle (laughs) rapist. Exactly. Right. So, right. I understand that, that 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 that's, and we're talking about empathy, right? Empathy for the victims empathy for the thing i i understand it's not the best take but i do sort of feel that at the core the act of writing somebody for clemency might be okay right so i am gonna harshly disagree um i think that i i agree with that notion before there's a conviction because there is a trial and you're like this doesn't happen until there's a conviction so, but the thing is, like, you're asking for leniency after the fact. This person is now a convicted rapist. So, for me, what that says about your character is that you are essentially saying this rapist was nice to me. Right. So, it, you know, he's he's a nice guy because he, he was nice me. to me. He never raped me. Right. He's so he's so these things are almost useless because it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to do with what happened and what he is being convicted. He's being convicted for raping two other individuals, not Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. So Absolutely your take not. on he was nice to me though is is not necessary. A so I don't know why they would mm-hmm. do it, especially when they're public figures. Very stupid. Mm-hmm. And B, he's already convicted. The jury has already spoken, so there is no reason why that should even be considered for leniency. 
because it doesn't have to do with it what he is being convicted for. I just think it's stupid and not necessary. And I think that on the end of Ashton Kutcher Mila Kunis, it's so incredibly offensive because they they you know like. Ashton, for example, he has this whole right. like sex we'll get trafficking. To that in a, we'll, get, we'll get into that. Okay, in a okay, okay. Let's talk about the actual act of of, of writing for clemency. Yeah, I think that that's super ridiculous because you're okay. you're really just saying like, okay, yeah, he raped those two girls, but he was pretty cool. He was pretty nice to me. He's okay. a good friend. Well, I just I'm gonna, think that's so dumb. I'm going to use the same argument to to argue my point, which is mm-hmm. he's been convicted. It'd be Mm -hmm. another thing if it was a character witness during the trial and getting up there and saying, you know, I I never think in a character witness, I think I would have been able to forgive that a little quicker. This I this is unforgivable, in my opinion. Well, this is like, but what is but I think that there's I think there's an aspect of loyalty here that that Mm -hmm. surpasses anything. Right. Like like I said, it. You would be 100% okay if his mother wrote a letter, if his family wrote letters to the judge, right? Not necessarily. No, I mean, here's the thing. Just because you're his mother, his friend, his whatever, and you Mm. write a letter, that doesn't mean that you get my respect. Does that make sense? Like, I can still sit here and have my opinion about you. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. I just don't see anything wrong with writing a letter after he's already been convicted because you're not going to get him unconvicted. You're not saying these things but, didn't happen. But then on the uh, on the other hand, you're also saying that I think this person who is a rapist, a convicted rapist now, deserves leniency, which I think is a shit act. Like if I murdered someone, mm-hmm. if I murdered someone tomorrow, killed people, you know, just did the worst. Would you write a letter saying, hey, but Sophia was pretty cool for like, I knew her. She's pretty cool. Absolutely. Like, would you do that? Why? I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that for anyone. That, that's I, I, I absolutely, up. I absolutely would. That's messed up, though, 100%. for the victims. But that's so messed up for the victims because women already been- have such a hard time coming up with, like, with the allegations because of people like that because they know that these men are powerful and are going to be defended, right? So I just think it's like disturbing to think that, like, what you're gonna write a letter because he was your homie he didn't rape you he was nice to you okay cool it doesn't serve you it doesn't serve the victims it's a sh- it's just a shit look it's kind of like dehumanizing i don't like it at all it gives me the ick honestly right but and you I asked me you why. asked me if you you asked me if you killed somebody tomorrow right uh-huh. and you've been convicted of it and your family comes to me and says mm-hmm. hey uh you did a podcast with sophia for three years before she killed that guy you known her for 10 years. Um, mm-hmm. She's already been convicted. This is my, this might be the difference between her getting life and her getting out in 35 years. And but why? But, me, it, but if I'm convicted but no, no, and I did finish, commit the me, murder, why do you want me thought. to get out in 35 years? Let me finish my thought. Well, why? All right. If your family came to me and said mm-hmm. this could be the difference between her getting life in 35 years based on your relationship and your friendship with her, would you write her a letter not to talk about the crime she did, but to talk about when you knew her. And I would a hundred percent do that for you because you're my friend. I wouldn't care. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, if you had killed somebody. Yeah. I'm just, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. What about, what about like murdering puppies and eating their carcasses and it doesn't make any difference to me because you have already been convicted you are going to be sentenced you are going to you're going to pay a crime right but you clearly care about the size of the sentence 
Since You're standing up for the I, person. I am also not 100% on board with sentencing guidelines and some of the and some of the egregious sort of times that people get into prison. You've been mm-hmm. convicted. You're going to be a convicted killer for the rest of your life. You're going to spend mm-hmm. 20, 30, 35 years in jail. The difference, as I see, is are you, based on what I know about you, redeemable? And 35 years from now, when you're 60, are you going to be a menace to society? And could I, as a friend, give some sort of uh, context to you as a person, to the judge that's ultimately going to make the decision? Mm -hmm. And I am 100% okay with somebody who has a close friendship with somebody with doing that. Okay, maybe maybe me using me as an example wasn't correct. What if it was your friend who had some questionable rapey I tendencies? Have had, I have had people that told me that uh, that somebody that I knew um, had done something. And I immediately, in that case, was like, yeah, go. let's have them locked up, have them killed. I don't, that, that sort of, mm-hmm. in that situation, it's different. But would you go but, ahead and write a letter for them? Because no. it's not different. Exactly. That's what I mean. I'm like, I maybe using me as an example is no, because like, I mean, I haven't necessarily done anything illegal or crazy, but Danny Masterson and Ashton Kutcher and Fez, they have all have very rapey groomer tendencies. And I think I would, I think I would write a letter for a murderer before I would for a rapist. That's what I mean. So like, think of like your buddies that maybe you drink with once in a while, you hang out with a lot, maybe you coworkers. So you've known them, but like, mm-hmm. Honestly, the ring of these people in that 70s show, like there's a lot of receipts. There's a lot of stuff and a lot of allegations right. that go for all three of them boys. So it does it does leave me with like, a OK, why do you feel the need to write this letter? You could have just not said shit. And it doesn't mean that Ashton would be a good guy for doing that or Mila. I just think that it's super nasty to go out of your way to vouch for someone who was your coworker mm-hmm. when you know that they are a convicted rapist. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just, I well, feel like that's, that's super de- just what if dehumanizing you for the victims. You believe that like he didn't do it and stuff. Like, then say that. I mean, then, then that would mean, so I think that that's why people have issue with it because right. by doing that, I do think that they believe he didn't do it or they believe him to be a good person. My issue is that just because uh, someone was nice to you does not mean that he's nice to everyone. And that's no, the no, overall, I, that, that's that the overall message. That's the overall message that I'm like, that's a terrible rhetoric that they're trying to, you know, prevent. I 100% here. get that. 100% yeah. I get that. What I'm saying is that when I read this story in my, I, if I'm being honest and I try to be right, even if it's not like the best take out there, if I'm being honest, I don't think that there's anything wrong with writing a letter after a conviction to give that judge context. If it's somebody that is close enough to you where you might have a doubt if like they got railroaded or something like that, Mm -hmm. or you might have some information or they're just your ride or die or a direct family member. Like, like obviously there's limits to that. Like you said, like if, if somebody told me that a friend of mine committed sexual assault, uh, pedophilia, something like that, there's things that I would, that I would say, you know, like Alexander said, he uses power to control a narrative. Mm -hmm. Um, Stuff like that, I would be I would be less inclined to, but I I don't see it as black and white as you should never write a letter for somebody in support. You should never, and this is because I've had close friends and family members that have been locked up, so I understand some of yeah. that as well. 
and the fucking and the jail system is a shit, right? Um, so and but I but I I think I'm just I'm just talking about the act of clemency, the act of trying to just put that out there. I don't see anything wrong with with some sort of limits to 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 those extremes if that makes sense. So uh, for that I will completely agree with you. I think we're I think we're talking about two separate things because I absolutely agree with you that that should be legal, allowable mm-hmm. and sure it should exist. Right. I don't mind that. I also think that if you're going to do it people don't can judge you for it. No, no, no. People can judge you for it. Like if you like we talk about we talk about the culture of like how moms and like, you know, Latino sons, like they're always like, I mean, right. nunca pudo haber hecho nada. like, you know, stuff like that. Do we think that that mom is a stupid person for not believing that no. her little boy can do? Right. No. So we can judge. We can say things like the, the mom of the guy who uh, kissed the Spanish baby that was on hunger. Yeah. Strikes. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was like he didn't do anything. He's a little right. angel, like stuff like that. Where it's like we can judge that woman and be right. like, we think you're stupid and you can say you have the freedom to say whatever you want. So, so do Ashton and Mila. However, do I think that that's incredibly stupid and dehumanizing? Yeah, of course. I think that was insensitive and coming from them, it's honestly very offensive because they claim to be these humanist activist people. And then they come out and be like, Hey, my rapist friend, he was good to me though. So he's cool. I did. We did a show together. We used to bang. Yeah. We kicked it. Like we saw him be nice at a pizza parlor. we crushed tons of ass. Like what? Okay, Wait, cool. No. The cool story. No, no, no. Like, I, I, I get, I, I get that part of it, and I think it's different because they're celebrities and the the, the things. Came you out. hold most them to a high end standard. Most of these bit. things happen in private, and the judge reads them, and he might take one percent into account, but if the judge is going to do what the judge is going to do. Yeah. This is mostly just saving face and yeah. being like somebody from the family reaches out and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And there's relationships that I had, like I said, with you, you could kill. Oh, I don't know why Sophia killed that guy. He could have been fucking, she could have been having a bad day. I don't know. I'm going to write a letter for her. She can get out 35 years and kick it with me. You know what I mean? Like, like, but that's I don't, why I'm like, I, maybe I'm a bad example. Cause you would trust my judgment, but someone that maybe whose judgment right. you're like, eh, a little iffy on it. It, okay, it cool. depends. It definitely depends on the, uh, on whether it's a blood relative, what they did how strong the case was yeah. and how and, and how it may affect it. There's a so there's a conspiracy theory going around right now that Ashton Kutcher did something murdered really somebody. fucked up, murdered someone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going to get to that in a second. I just kind of wanted to touch that because if I'm being I, I was just like, what's my take on this? And then I and then I was like, on the letter writing, I don't see anything wrong. Obviously, in this particular situation, sis, you know, yeah. the, Alexandra, I, um, I almost wanted time. What? Nobody talks about the rape victim. Exactly. Absolutely. And that's and this is more further silencing them. It's like it's it's honestly offensive. And Alexandra, if you read the statement, my, huh? Is my is my take a shit take? Like, let me know if you think my it's take not a shit take. take. I think that you have some I I think that you, your take is okay. I think in the context of this story, it's not yeah, in the context, correct. In the context of, because yeah, in I, the context, I, I also read both statements and they're incredibly just so offensive. Like they're they're just it's Oh man, it's, well, let's hear it it's really sad way. to. Oh let's my hear God, let's hear it in their own words. Let's hear it from from me like this. I love this. Wait, oh my God, play it from the beginning. I love. We this. are aware of the pain that has been caused by the character letters that we wrote on behalf. No, of you're not aware. No, you're not. We support victims. We have done this historically through our work, and will continue to do so in the future. A couple months so ago, fake. Danny's family reached out to us, and they asked us to write character letters to represent the person that we knew for 25 years 
so that the judge could take that into full consideration relative to the sentencing. The letters were not written to question the legitimacy of the judicial system or the validity of the jury's ruling. For her being an actress, she's doing such shit acting. This is her worst not performance the of all time. Of the victims or reach homicide them in any way. Since Black Swan. So here's the thing. They keep We're saying these things like, we've always stood up for her, and out not to undermine, and blah, blah, blah. Been a victim of sexual assault, sexual abuse, or rape. But you don't it's just, care. It's just missing but, that closing but, TikTok noise. Oh, my God. My, the thing is, like, they keep saying these definitive statements of, like, we, you know, stand for the victims, and we did not undermine... I respect <laughs> I respect that, Alexandra. I'm just yeah. I'm just trying to be honest with my opinion here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think your Go opinion ahead, is trying to be lenient, but in this case, it's just not the right case to be lenient on. Because okay. it's so it's so stupid. Like their statements are here. And this is like not as bad as Colleen Ballinger's apology. I think Colleen Ballinger's apology still deserves the award of this year. But man, was this shit. This was so bad. Like, I don't know who why their publicist allowed them to do this. I don't know who wrote this script for them, but no accountability, no, no, like actually admittance of guilt or wrongdoing. It was the worst apology ever. Like, bro, you're just saying like, we've always stood with, and all we did was, yes, we get it, bro. Like you're not understanding what you did wrong and you don't care. You don't care for the victims. I'm sorry. If you cared, you would have never written the letters. You only wrote them because you didn't think that people would know, but guess what? People found out. And now- you're trying you're to fix it. You're a celebrity. Yeah. And I'm sorry. Like, they're trash. Listen, I feel like this year has been such disappointment. It, this is like the year this, of like, well, don't meet Ashley, your heroes. Ashley Kutcher routinely works with helping victims of human trafficking. Yeah. This undoes all of that, undoes all of that for you. Um, no, I'm not saying that it undoes any like of any charity, you know, it's like Bill Cosby can do an anti-rape charity tomorrow and I'd be like, thanks for donating, sir. But does it undo the harm? No, it does. It Both can live together. You can totally kill puppies and also, you know, donate to PETA. So you could do both. I'm not like, you know, you could be a hypocrite. It's totally fine. But I do think that he's a shit person who is trying to do good things so that he can mask his shittiness. And I think that now we have enough receipts and now I have, here's what I want to do now, because I love that 70s show. I'm very invested because I love that 70s show. That's how I learned English. I grew up with them. I grew up with these characters. Um, and I love Danny Masterson. I loved everyone deeply. And yeah. it's very disappointing because here's my formal apology to Topher Grace. I'm so sorry, Topher Grace, for ever thinking that you were the wrong one in the cast when really the entire cast was wrong and you were the one that was correct. I'm so sorry. He is the least problematic. And it turns out Fez is a groomer. Danny's yeah. a rapist. And these two people are fucking assholes. Like, and they all suck. And Ashton was the first person she kissed and it was on set. And he was, and he was a creep. She was 14 and he was 19. And then he also like... Now, mind you, I don't like to hold people accountable. Like, I don't like to hold people like I don't know to a to a deeper judgment based on the actions that were socially acceptable in the early two thousands. Because you know, sadly, we accepted a lot of bad behavior from men back then. But if you do go back, him, Fez, and Danny were very rapey, very groomy, very pedophilic. And it was just acceptable and it was boys will be boys. Mm -hmm. So what I'm seeing right now is two adults who 
who just believe that that behavior is okay and they're standing up for their buddy who absolutely is a convicted rapist. And I'm so sorry, Topher Grace, forever talking shit about you. <laughs> you were correct. Yeah, he was like the asshole for not hanging out with them or something. Yeah, right? he was the asshole because he never hung out with them. But like he was bullied on set. Like, I feel bad for him. I'm sorry. He was correct. Everyone else sucks. And, you know, you know, history, history has told us that. Or, yeah. What and is listen, it? and, yeah. I, and I, 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 I do, like I said, at some level do believe what I said about, you know, if this is a private thing and you and it's the context of your relationship, the, the context of the crime the context of your celebrity status, all those things play into account. Uh, but I did want to take a little bit of a contrarian take so we could sort of argue a little bit about this in terms of this. Because mm-hmm. um, I think it makes for, for a good, interesting, at least conversation to have and discussion to have, you know? Yeah, um, no, absolutely. Uh, and it's good if anyone else has like even the more uh, the more extreme take on it and stuff like that. Maybe, the, you know, because if everyone agrees, right. then, then, you know, there's no, right. there's no and, actual back and And honestly, when I first thought about it, I thought it was I think it, I thought it was horribly misplaced. I thought they made a stupid move because they are celebrities and it's going to get out. Yeah. Um. And and yeah, exactly. Rape victims do not get justice. Uh, tons of rapes it's, go unreported. Un, 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 it's very hard for people, women to come so forward hard. within the context of all of that. I do 100 percent agree that it is a shitty move. Um, my point is that it's if he's already been convicted, that's not going to change it. And in general, this out of it, I do. I don't think there's an issue with people trying to find clemency for their loved ones um, if that's the case. I will, I will, I will say I agree with you. However, my, where I do get a little, like, I guess more anti that take is just Mm -hmm. the part where how much importance could it have? Cause let's say back to the, back to the killed somebody and you, it it could go from life to 35 years. Absolutely not. I feel like, I feel like these letters should not be taken that seriously. You know what I mean? I feel like it should be given a shot, listened to. But right. it shouldn't be like, oh, because your mom says she loves you, you should get 50 years off your sentence. Like, absolutely. I don't not. think they make I think it's I think it's one percent. I think yeah. it doesn't change. I think it's one percent. That's that that's move, fine that by can, me. They can move it yeah. in any direction. I yeah. think the judge judges in the majority of times, honestly, um, in in not the letters, but it's privilege and relationships and uh, other shit money that comes into account more so than clemency letters yeah because like brock turner uh other people that have gotten off uh, if we're talking strictly about sexual assault mm-hmm. where he's like oh he's he's got a he's got his it's gonna ruin his he's life a promising he young man. A, he's a promising young man stuff like that so i think those things actually contribute more to to to, to that issue mm-hmm. than people that are writing letters for their friends and family etc all right yeah. but the rabbit, hole goes, time? the rabbit hole goes deeper. Yes. Uh, you must all know that Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis wrote a support letter to the judge in Danny. Oh, man. Yesterday, because I'm not going to lie, it was hard to swallow. I've always loved these two, and I've always Me respected too, Ashton girl. Kutcher for the fact that he's done a lot for trafficking victims. If you haven't already seen the letters, this one is Mila Kunis's letter. You can pause to read. And this is Ashton Kutcher's letter. Well, one of the victims named- All right, I wanted to really take a quick second uh, on the, uh, let's take a look at the letter real quick. I'm so down because I barfed reading it. Uh, Mila Kunis, a well-known actress. I first met Danny during time working together on that 70s show. 
uh, <laughs> well, okay, this I mean, this is going to add some context here, obviously. Uh, and from the very beginning, I could sense his innate goodness and genuine oh nature. Uh, Lena has proven to be an amazing friend, confident, and above all, understanding older brother figure to me. His caring nature and ability to offer guidance have been instrumental in my growth, both personally and professionally. Uh, uh, and, and that was the thing was the, the main thing was like he didn't give us drugs yeah one of the most remarkable aspects of characters is a way we commitment to discouraging the use of drugs all right okay that's all i need to hear about that one yeah right, let's, let's look at let's look at let's look at crash and wait i want to point it out the fact that like the statements are directly opposing the uh allegations the conviction right like he never it's, wanted he never let us use drugs how would he drug somebody exactly exactly right. yeah yeah i'm like the context of that is just terrible right yeah again in this situation this was a horrible choice yeah. a horrible decision and these are trash people for doing this yeah but then they go on the apology and they say our intention was never to undermine the victims that's what you're doing you you're not even taking accountability like oh Anyway. Danny takes his job seriously, his kind, courteous, and hard work, and he treated him from the grips, the teamsters, to the actors, as caterers, as equals. As a role model, Danny had consistently been an excellent one. I attribute not falling into typical Hollywood life with drugs to Danny. Oh Again, poor, poor choice of there. All right, yeah, anyway, sorry. Treats okay. everyone as equals, this not everyone. Kutcher's letter. Well, I can think of, of two people named Chrissy Bixler, who dated Danny Masterson from 1995 to 2002, just posted to her Instagram stories after finding out about these letters. Before I get into what she posted, if you're unfamiliar with the trial, Danny Masterson received two guilty verdicts out of three. She was the one that the jury did not find him guilty for. She accused him of raping her while she was sleeping, but because they were together, the jury did not find him guilty. She posted this to Instagram saying, Dear Ashton, I know the secrets your role model keeps for you. Do forget I was there. You were on speakerphone that night you called Danny on February 21st 2001, I heard everything. I heard the plan. In my opinion, you're just as sick as your mentor. You must have put that date on purpose because if you look up Ashton Kutcher, February of 2001, you might remember this story. The chilling details of the murder of Ashley Ellerin and the Hollywood Ripper trial. In February 2001, Ashton Kutcher arrived to pick Ellerin up for a date, but she didn't answer the door because she had already been stabbed to death by accused serial killer Michael Gargiulo. The next day, when he he learned Ellerin had been murdered. He reached out to police. He said he was worried because he put his hand on the doorknob while trying to open the front door. My fingerprints are on this door and I was freaking out. I told an officer, let me tell you what happened. As for Mila, Chrissy writes, dear Mila, I pray you begin to process what you experienced as a child on that set. Your older interviews are very telling. I encourage everyone to watch them and decide for yourself what you hear and see. Do so before they get scrubbed from the internet. I also know what happened in Toronto and after. Question, if that's what you view as a normal relationship with a big brother figure, then I feel very sad for you and I hope you consider getting into therapy. You almost forget I was there the whole time those first five years of that 70s show. I remember everything. She then reposted this tweet where it says, Ashton and Danny always treated Topher badly. Topher has never liked Danny. I learned this while doing my early reporting on the then allegations, now conviction against Danny. She added to that by saying, Topher was bullied by Danny Masterson and isolated by most of the cast because Danny's like a cult leader. Danny hated Topher because Topher didn't bow to Danny like his other young castmates. I love Topher. If I so much as said hi to Topher, I would be given a scolding and then ignored by Danny. It broke my heart. 
He was the only guy on that set with integrity and a moral compass. That's my experience. I was there. Well, she's not the only one speaking up because Topher Grace's wife also posted to her story. Ashley writes to every great victim that is re-traumatized by witnessing society debate and focus their attention on what is going to happen to the rapist. I see you. And it turns out there were more cast members from that 70s show who also wrote support letters for Danny Masterson. And that would be the actors who played Kitty and Red Ah, oh, they ruined Kitty! They ruined Kitty for me! <laughs> it's okay. They got the old person pass. They're just old dumb and old. Could- Oh yeah, my they're, god. They're bo- they're boomers. So I mean I went down this rabbit hole a little bit and and it's so fun, isn't it? It's yeah, it's I mean it's, he killed the girl. He did it allegedly. I, I don't think I mean he the the whole thing was he was he was there and then he had a story that he was late for a party and he thought that she wasn't answering because but, she was mad at him. Not that I not that I'm gonna, you know, give this conspiracy theory too much seriousness because right. it's all alleged, but I will say when you're going on a date with a girl, you're dating this girl and she dies. The first thing that you think is like, holy well, shit, was, my handprint was, was there. What? He killed yeah. her. He totally, allegedly killed her. Right, this is Ashton in his own words. She was 14 when we started the show. I was like 19, right? Right. And they're like, okay, you guys are going to be making out in this scene. And I'm like thinking like, wait, this is like slightly illegal, right? That's probably your first kiss ever, right? It was my first kiss. Why did someone bet you made be Danny about our first kiss? No, it wasn't the first kiss. This was like a second or third kiss. It was the first, it was like the first week. No, it was not the first week. Whatever, let me tell you what happened. No, let me tell you what happened. No, okay, I never kissed a guy. I was was so, I mean, you know, Ash was attractive and I was a 14-year-old little girl and I was extremely scared for my life. Sure. And he he was very nice about it. He was like, oh, don't worry. I was like, okay. Okay. Then Danny goes and goes, dude, I'll give you ten dollars if you French kiss her. Why wouldn't you stick my stick your tongue in my mouth or some What? No, 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 no. $10. You're making it sound like it was like really bad. Okay, Dan, we had a little side bet. Yeah, though, yeah. Right? which was whether or not, you know, like you know, you're just on the show with boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. You would use tongue, right? No, I mean, you would you, It I depends mean, what kind of an actor you are, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So Dan Rosie's me like complicit. 20 bucks that I wouldn't do it. Of course, I'm like, yeah, sure, what's the deal? You know? And then the cops showed up and you got arrested pretty much. They what's the big deal? Oh my God, it's just the behavior that was like so accepted back then. It's insane to think back. It's so cringe. Honey, shut the fuck up. We're working shut up, honey. We're working here. She's just mad. She's rallying. All right, lastly, here's a list of people who wrote letters as well. Bijou Phillips, his wife, Ashton. Mila, uh, Deborah, Joe Work, and Kurt Witt Smith from the 70s. Giovanni Rabisi, suddenly. Okay. Um, Jordan brought uh, William Baldwin. Um, these are for his family. Jim Patterson. Uh, Jim Patterson, writer and producer of The Ranch. Some producers. Albert, I guess he's, yeah. I guess he's friends with the Gio, because Giovanni Rabisi is a pretty big actor. That's kind of weird, but I guess yeah. they must have families. They're Scientologists or no? Yeah, Gay Ribisi, Giovanni's mother and longtime Scientologist and Hollywood manager. I guess the Ribisi's yeah. might be uh, might be Scientologists. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. Like so they stick together. Tell me. When we started, so the, the 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 rabbit hole goes deeper. I think she and eventually basically said that there was a lot of credible evidence that the guy that was the killer was there, but it does it does lead you down an interesting path. 
yeah, it's 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 slimy. Hollywood is a slimy place where like just bad behavior gets, you know, just I don't know, covered up all the time. And yeah, and and imagine how bad it was like in the fifties and sixties and seventies. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, that's two thousand. The year two thousand, it's still happening, and yeah, and it's still happening now. But there's a much bigger. There's cameras now. There's 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 a a lot of yeah yeah. You know, and that's what a I, lot of people from like the 80s and like 70s, like Hollywood celebrities that are like, man, we were so glad there were no cameras back then. Like, you know, yeah. like, not for stuff that's like this. Not good. Listen, I'm, I'm glad there was no camera phones in the 90s. And that's just because I was a silly idiot. You know what I mean? Like, that's, uh, you know. The thing is, like, a lot of these guys like Ashton or Justin Timberlake, too, like, they get away with this stuff because, you know, you get a little passive, like, okay, it was societally acceptable back then. So they maybe they've changed, they've grown, they've matured. So that's why it's super disappointing to see these fucking like, you know, grown adults just being completely, completely willfully ignorant and negligence. And just it's it's disappointing. It's very disappointing. And I'm a huge I was a huge fan. Um, I'm not going to say that I'm like a huge fan recently, but like I grew up with the 70s shows, that 70s show. And I love these people. And so it's, it sucks. Danny's a rapist. Fez is a groomer. And now Ashton and Mila are stupid. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Carlos Santana is a transphobe. Yeah. And, uh, JK Rowling. JK Rowling. Look, 2020, the 2020s are about, it's, uh, disappointment with your heroes. Yeah. We need to start making this a segment. Just like the disappointment corner, the, disappointment who's, the, the shame corner. <laughs> All right. Colleen uh, Ballinger, like, oh, it's bad. It's all bad. Anyway, that was that was um, Kunis talk. <laughs> yes, we did a good Kunis segment. Kunis and Kutcher. That. All right, uh, this is a, a new segment uh, that I'd like to call. Um, so you're saying there's a chance? What are my chances? Not good. You mean not good, like one out of a hundred? I'd say more like one out of a million. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah! I love it. I love it. All right. Uh, Wait, wait, before I move on, hold on. Alexandra put unmasking the disappointment. I love that. See, that's a new segment. There you go. Unmasking, I, I like it. There you yeah, go. Yeah, I like it. All right. All right. All right. Uh, so uh, Joe Jonas addresses messy divorce from Sophie Turner. Uh, so we're saying that there's a chance here. Sophie Ooh. Turner is single again. Yes, know? she's single. The, the queen in the north. Queen of the north. Queen of the north. She's a mother to two babies. Do you want to be a stepdaddy of uh, not dragons? Uh, yeah. yes, <laughs> no problem being a stepdaddy. Um, so any thoughts on the Jonas? So apparently Sophie Turner was partying too much and she's just like about so, it. So it was, it was interesting this one because they broke up. It was, it was, uh, it was supposedly, you know, their statements, they did a joint statement and it was amicable and whatever. But then immediately after the PR teams just, you know, TMZ gets a hold of these statements of just basically like Sophie has been partying and Joe has been taking care of the children full time and i'm like he's on tour no he's absolutely not and then yeah so they're just both been getting kind of really catty and trying to painting each other in the worst light possible which is terrible because there's children involved um so it's just it's unfortunate all around and no one actually knows what happened but yeah that was that was that's man 
as far as breakups went, I mean, I knew they wouldn't last all, forever, but like, man, really? Yeah, but, you know what I, you know what I love about the New York Post and about just these types of stories what? is, um, is that every time they refer to the person, they have to pick another thing that they've done, and oh. and and it's just like so, it just annoys me. So it's like, for example, it's like here, it's like uh, the camp rock star who was on stage with his brothers, yeah. right? And then later on, he's like purity uh, ring wearer. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> right, and then afterwards. Uh, Game of Thrones star. Yeah, and then it was like, um, God damn it! I just saw three of them, and now I missed them when I scrolled. Oh darn! Oh, he allegedly pressured the Do Revenge star to. Oh my god! (laughs) As if we don't know who we know who you're talking about. Oh my god! You know, you know. So I just think it's always funny how these articles that are written always have to, you know, have like the Waffle House crooner. Yeah. <laughs> Interrupted. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh my God. Why it's do always, they do that? It's so annoying. I don't know. I it's it, I I find it very, very, very funny. Yeah. Anyway, I, uh, go ahead. Well well no, I was just gonna say adding to the disappointment, I, I guess like I man, it just there's something no matter what happened, I don't know. I wasn't there. Who cares? But there is something like kind of disappointing and very unsettling about a a guy when a breakup happens almost immediately after or during a pregnancy. I just mm. lose I lose a lot of respect for the man involved in that point because that's fucked up, dude. This woman is giving up nine months of her life going through hell, putting their body through it to give you a child. Exactly, exactly. To have your spawn and you're just gonna either cheat dumper i don't know whatever like no bro i feel like that's that should be almost illegal like no what alexander says disappointment i swapped the double letters what'd you do oh unmasking the disappointment the disappointment very lucky it could be it could be hosted by jar jar binks unmasking the disappointment disappointment or we diss them all right um okay and then um (gasps) yo diss you're 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 by the way uh which one would you rather pick up on the rebound i i lost respect for joe so sophie sophie yeah so sophie that. yeah yeah you guys little i love, little I love hot moms we love milfs here come on little, come on a little little hot moms all right Again. all right let's not i got a couple of palate cleansers here that i want to knock out and then we'll get out of the way here uh this was a funny one uh kamala harris doing uh cringe dancing our future okay. president, our future president getting down. She was getting shit for this. Hey, was, that's right not now, cringe. Right now, no, I was, I hadn't even looked at it. I was waiting to look at it now. She looks, she's all right. She's vibing. She's got, she's got rhythm. She, what do you mean vibing. cringe? She looks like auntie at the party, you know? Yeah, that's auntie. And I don't like her. So this is coming from someone who doesn't like her. Yeah, I don't, That I don't was completely think, fine. Let her I vibe. I don't think granny, granny vibes is that. No, I don't. That's I'm, a I'm, fun I'm, tia. She's going to, yeah, let her yeah, have yeah, fun. Yeah, this is fine. You know, she's getting it, you know, she's all right. Okay. Okay. Mm -mm. Okay. She's done other cringe things, you know, not this. All right. Uh, I can tell if a woman's Gen X or millennial just by looking at one photo. Here's how. All right. Let me see if you can. Or like a that. Okay. I know this. I have credentials because I was born in 1997. I'm kind of on the cusp. So I identify with both generations. A Gen Zer is going to give you the leg pop. One leg goes and forth. You give a little hip tilt. Hands Mm -hmm. to the hips like this. Or imaginary marble here. This is a little pageant pose. They like to say they do a soft smile. Oh, sorry, sorry. Like a head tilt to the side. Close your eyes. Fun photo for them. Oh yeah. Or they totally do like photos. 
Yep. So you agree? That is correct. Yeah, yeah. I've seen the the especially the leg one. Totally. And then <laughs> millennial, mainly the this. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yep. They okay. Do the All right. Dance. Uh, yep. Correct. I accurate. Yeah. All right. Uh, Eleven thousand runners DQ'd from Mexico City Marathon. <laughs> so fairly. 11,000 runners got disqualified from the Mexico City Marathon. Um, one third of the field. Um, they some runners some runners allegedly use vehicles or public transportation to cut the course. Uh, um, yes. uh, the Mexico City Sports Institute will proceed to identify those cases in which participants have demonstrated an unsportsmanlike attitude. Do you like is this the most Mexican story ever? And is it just like one guy was like just saw like a little shortcut and and oh, everybody else like, well, fuck it. Let's do it. You know? Hey, man. Right? Is, it, it, late stage capitalism. <laughs> this is allowed. I will allow it. Let's take right. some shortcuts. Deep, deep. Sophia, <laughs> write a letter to defend these 11,000 Mexicans. I'm getting on it. Let me get my pen out. Hold on. <laughs> would you write like a letter? Story. Would you write 11,000 letters to support your fellow Mexicans for all they did was just they just oh, cut they, the line a, a little bit they were great they just, people they're great they're like, citizens they're like on on the linea the people that like drive in between the lines yeah. just waiting to get a little to be able to bump into <laughs> let right, my people on. go let my people go <laughs> this is an assault on the mexican people here come yes. on that was <laughs> It what thir- one third of the field. That's <laughs> insane, dude. Oh my god. <laughs> Some of those people must have just been following and didn't realize that they were cheating. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. Yes, That's, I mean, I would do that, yeah. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Man. You're like, what Fuck this? I'm not, I'm not, right? That is the yeah. most Mexican thing ever. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh <laughs> oh my god. All right. And there was two- one Tofer Grace who kept Tofer Grace just Tofer Grace was just like. He said no to the shortcut. He went that way. Not going to do it. I'm not going to cut. Nope. I'm just going to, I'm I'm on my 26 (laughs) miles. Do you think they just checked their Fitbit at the end? It was like 22, baby. Yeah. It says you did a 22 mile run. Mm, You know, what's going on here, guy? Yeah. All right. Uh, In something that absolutely didn't happen. um, I caught my boyfriend cheating right before a nine week vacation, but she still went on vacation. This is absolutely a fake story. I believe. Uh, Then what? Mm. This is. So he, you know, uh, so this is somebody who says she found out her boyfriend was cheating. She still went on a European vacation with him and just did these little passive aggressive uh, post-it notes things. First of all, that's AI. There's no way that picture is real. Okay, explain. I'm just looking based on the the fact that there's no people, no cars, nothing in the background. And also right now in Paris, there's incredible amounts of um, like... um, of construction because of the Olympics. No, construction. So actually, like the Eiffel Tower, you wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to get that. I was there physically. There's a bunch of fucking walls and shit. Mm-hmm. Like right now, it looks like shit there. So um, let's keep seeing though. I could be wrong. Let's see. Okay, these are better. Well, that's France. That's England. England. He doesn't know that I know he's cheating on me. Oh. Hashtag I know. All right, so did this definitely not happen or did it actually happen? It Damn. seems like a, it seems like a story created for clout. Sorry, my dogs are going wild. Oh. 
yeah, I don't think it happened. I just right? I have a hard time believing most things on the internet, and this seems like clout. Yeah, but definitely entertaining, cl- entertaining nonetheless. You know, entertaining. We need you need a little clout once in a while. Yeah. It's a fictional story. This could be a short film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Hey, all hey, right, all right. She's on? like, all right. She's like, all right. Fine, we'll wrap it up. She's like, wrap it up, Mama. Hurry up. Wrap it up. Um, things are happening here. This we can save this till next week. I'll just dead these other stories here. Um, we will get to the Shakira. I have to watch it. I have to watch it. Yeah, I also we have to get week. to Shakira. We'll get to Shakira. We'll we'll do a review of that. It just happened, and we had the Ashton story that was more sort of prevalent in the new interview, Alexandra. But yeah. I will be watching that, and also we had to talk about the eleven thousand Mexican runners that that was <laughs> top priority. <laughs> that was a top priority. <laughs> so top. All right. Um, anyway, uh, that is it for us tonight. This is the time in the show where I remind you. That we are but a vast little tiny piece of an entirety of stuff. I'm a little high, so even that's going to sound funny. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> no, no, no. I, I heard something today that was interesting, which is, you know, uh, we're one of nine planets in a, we're nine, we're one of nine planets in the solar system, and we're surrounded by two million similar solar systems, and we are in a cluster of 4 billion similar areas that we know of so far. And that is just a very tiny little piece of what the actual universe is. So even though we are insignificant, we are alive and we are experiencing ourselves and whatever this thing is together. So don't take yourself too seriously. Have fun, make some love, create some art, spend time with your families, talk some cheese, man, have fun, do what makes you feel good. And until next time, uh, we'll try better next time, but we love you guys. <laughs> we'll Have try fun. better next time. <laughs> we'll always try better next time. We love, love you. you Thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you for accepting my shit takes, Andrea, Alexandra. Uh, and <laughs> peace out. Hasta luego. Vamos, papá, hay que irnos. Me estoy aguantando desde que pusieron el domo. Por eso esperar, muchas personas trabajaron en esta película y solo quieren que te aprendas sus nombres de memoria. Y yo quiero asegurarme de que ninguno de mis